0: Good evening, Dennis. How are you doing today?
1: Really well. I, I, I will tell you, can I tell you this random thing I forgot to mention this. we have you know, we have a chit chat before we go live. I woke up I have French doors in my loft here and I mm-hmm. sleep with them open because it gets very warm. It's a loft, you know, heat rises. And sorry, that's my hot water dispenser going on. And at, at 224, I know at the time, someone I'm near downtown London, right? Uh-huh. Someone just starts screaming. So I wake up, and I'm like, okay, this is going to pass. 2.24 a.m. A.m. And they're screaming and, uh, incoherently. So, you know, you, you have we, here we have 911. I know it's good. Thing. I had to call the non-emergency police line at like 2.31 and say, hey, here's my location. This is the direction the screaming is coming in. And they kept going for a good four minutes, and hopefully the police arrived. I couldn't see anything from it. I went out there to look, and I was like, should I go downstairs? And I was like. I think I should probably call the police. That's why I called
0: the police. Do you remember you called 911 one time when I was in the car with you?
1: Because the drunk driver.
0: Yeah, in Vegas. Yeah, that was that, that. That
1: truly looked like a drunk driver, though,
0: didn't it? It was wild. The guy in front of us was um, swerving and indicating and not turning off, and then turning off and not indicating. And you were like, "I, I have to do some, something about this. I don't know what I yeah. can do." Um so you call on one and, and um this woman answered and you're saying, Oh, he's gone this he's gone this way, he's turned off this street, and I don't really want to follow him. And she's like, Don't follow him, that's fine. <laughs> you're like, yeah, Okay, cool. What
1: we'll, we'll take it from here. We'll take it from here. I, do, I I forgot about that, but now I recall.
0: Yeah, the only time I ever had to call the police here was um I was staying at my parents' place once and they'd gone out. And um making and I were there and we were making dinner and we were cooking fajitas and we went to take the chicken out of the fridge, and chicken had gone bad. We're like, damn. We'll just go, we'll go to the store, we'll get some more chicken. We go to the shop. We come back. I'd say we were gone all told 15 minutes and we come back and we're cooking chicken and stuff and then Nikki goes upstairs to go to the bathroom and she's like, hey, I don't mean to be rude, but like is your parents' room always that like messy? I'm like, I mean, it's a little cluttered. Like my mom, my, you know, my mom's not great at throwing stuff out and stuff like that, but like, you know, it's not not heinously and I go upstairs and all the drawers are pulled out and thrown onto the bed and I was like Okay, we got robbed and clearly we came back mid robbery and the guys ran away at the back door. But second of all, you thought the house was like this all the time? Oh my- <laughs> what are you God. talking about? It was oh very funny cuz it was very obvious cuz they came in through my my childhood bedroom window cuz there's like you can climb on the roof outside and get in that way, you could. Yeah. Um and clearly saved by magic the gathering. I had a bunch of loose magic cards just on like the dresser in from the window. And whoever it was, they totally stepped on it, slipped clean off of the dresser on the, on the cards and just collapsed. But, yeah, we, we, got, we caught him mid-robbery. They didn't steal anything because they didn't have time to. But that's the only time I ever called the police.
1: Oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to durell this. And then we have to just cut it. Okay, we, cut can, we can I, truncate
0: a little. It's all right.
1: Can I tell you another story? I went to, I went to school. I went to BU, Boston University, right, for law school. And I went to I went to school with a buddy who went to BU for undergrad. Great guy, Eddie Z. uh, And he's an attorney on the East Coast. One of the best guys I went to law school with, Edward Zacharias. If you ever meet an attorney, he's he's in your field. Look him up. He went to class one day. I don't know if I told you a story. I don't know. And he came home. He came home. His classes got canceled for the afternoon. So he comes home and he plops on on the couch, starts watching TV. And he was watching TV. Got you did tell me this for like four hours and after about four hours he's just sitting there on his couch three guys go running out of the house behind him and he's like what the and he goes running. these guys had broken they knew everyone's schedule none of his housemates were home these guys had broken into his house
0: they were like oh and he must have forgotten something i'm sure he'll leave any minute we'll just sit in the bathroom or whatever
1: four hours they're waiting there uh, and I, I, the reason they had to leave though i, I forgot to say this because his roommates were coming home they knew the schedule
0: their bed they're about like, to become got, outnumbered. Yeah,
1: <laughs> we got to get out of here now before we get discovered. Can you imagine sitting in your own house for? I feel like I know, like it'd be a presence. You know,
0: I don't but, want, yeah. I don't care. If, I'm not. care i am i am less interested in that. I'm more interested in the debate while they're hunting up the bathtub, being like, Mickey, it's been, it's been ninety minutes. At some point, like, gotta make a call and make a break for it. it. If not now, it. when? You know,
1: final. Okay, final. Final. Most spiteful thing I've ever. Someone. Someone I know. I went to law school and got robbed. And I was like, this is someone who knows you and hates you because they stole everything. They took everything, Dennis.
0: Like batteries that out is. of the remote control type deal? They,
1: they, they took the whole remote control. They took her toothbrush. Why are you stealing?
0: That has something? no resale yeah. value. Yeah.
1: That, that is, I hate you, right? That, that is, I hate you territory when you steal someone's toothbrush.
0: That's the opposite of whatever the opposite of a crime of passion is, is that, right? Mm-hmm. That's premeditated
1: it was sure. it, it was It was, but it was it was well thought meticulous like i you, you know you're gonna get home you're gonna be upset you're not gonna realize you're not have a toothbrush and at the end of the night when you've cleaned everything up you realize yeah. you're totally wrong you're gonna try to get ready for bed and you're gonna be like oh my god they took the toothbrush
0: so i want to talk today about uh turning your passion into your work Mashi. and if you're <laughs> no i don't I didn't actually. <laughs> Um, I want to talk about goals, and the quote I picked was a um a quote by a French writer whose name escapes me right now. I've forgotten it. Their surname is Saint Expery. I uh, can't remember the last name. They wrote The Little Prince, but the quote is um a a goal without a plan is just a dream. And cool. <clears throat> I want to talk to you because you're a very you. Uh, you strike me as a very regimented person. You know, you all. You know, you've done. As long as I've known you've always done, you know, intermittent fasting, you'll get up early, do these things, you'll go touch a tree, and you'll go look at your balcony, a specific thing, all that kind of stuff. When you have something that you want to achieve in one year, two year, three year, five years time, do you roadmap that? Or do you just pin that in the sky and then check on it every once in a while?
1: It, um I start off by pinning it in the sky and checking on it. Um, you know, I'm a big one, three, five guy. In fact, is great. This, this this topic is great in the sense that I was just thinking. You know, I got to redo my one, three, five. Um, and I think you're three and your five. So one, three, five. One year, three year, five year. Your three year and your five year. Um, you've got I, I, that's always pinned to the sky for me. You know, I, I don't. I try, try to think to myself. I when I'm doing my three year, I'm like have achieved everything on my one year plan. So one year is a little different. First of all, first of all. One, three, five, got to do it, right? There's all these studies that like 98% of the people in the world don't have plans like that and the top three or 5%, whatever do. So by making that plan itself, by committing it to paper, you're in that top 5%. You know, you're going to achieve that goal. I think there, and this is kind of, that we talked about manifesting on very first episode. Mm-hmm. So all these in the sky things are there. Um. Because, and that's part of manifesting, committing at the table, committing that idea, getting it on paper, that does it. Now, candidly, with some of those one-year goals, they are just in the sky. I don't focus on them right away. I pick some of the ones that I'm like, hey, these are the ones, uh, I, I, they more, the more they come up, and I'm like, that's right. I, I've got to do this thing. I want to take down my student loan debt by X amount, right? I want to get that new car or whatever it is well there's two
0: there's two paths here there's easily quantifiable goals which can be check boxes or they can be progress towards an ultimate goal like paying off all your student debt for example and then there's much softer qualitative goals i want to try to be more mindful i want to be kinder i want to be more patient that kind of thing and you can roadmap the first kind you can't really roadmap the second kind you can try and shoehorn it like let's say you want to be more patient you can try and at least, you know, once a week, say, I'm, I'm going to hold my tongue. One time, I was frustrated each week or whatever, right? And you can look back on a Friday night and go, "Did I do that this week?" And you can try and quantify it a little bit and hope that those habits translate into, you know, you changing the way you behave. Mm-hmm. Um, so those those are the two kind of problems I think you face when you try when you're trying to set goals. And I think abstract goals are much much harder.
1: So I think um, I want I want I want to challenge that one a little bit. Because what I what I try to do, how I look at it, is, we'll, we'll take one year, because that's the one that is the most structured. And again, a lot of it for me still is pie in the sky. I just mm-hmm. put it in there and, and let it happen. But when I do that, I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, okay, Mosh, now now let's think about one year from now, Mosh. Who is that person? What do they look like? If kindness is a goal, if uh, empathy, gratitude, all those things, which I think should be goals in your one, your three, your five, you're always, you're always trying to get better at all those things. Or... or gym or your know, better health, better health, whatever it is. Um, what does he look like? How does he feel? Get inside his head. Now build that. And he's not sitting there one year from now, Mashi, with kindness or gratitude saying, I'm going to hold my tongue at least one extra time a week. Right? He's sitting there saying, I'm going to be kinder because I'm more empathetic. And how did I find that path to empathy? Did I read? Did I put myself in the situations where, you know, service industry information that I serve, that I volunteer and do things that helped me get into a more empathetic mindset, not did I hold my tongue X amount of times, you know. Likewise, with with paying down my student loan debt, it wasn't about, did you know, did I pinch every penny? Mm-hmm. You know, part of it was, okay, I'm going to commit 10% to savings. You know, I'm going to commit, you know, X, but what's my lifestyle like? How am I living? What have I achieved? You know, a lot of it was, you know, did I, did I change some of my more lavish spending habits on a monthly basis, you know, but I really try to get in the mindset of what I look like a year from now, how to achieve those goals. And rather than say, well, God, now I've got it. Here are the keys to the Porsche. What am I thinking? How do I feel? What am I interacting with the world now? How do I get into that mindset? And I think that's how you build to the goal.
0: This is a, this is very common in business and in product and project management as well to try and imagine an end state. And and it's a poetic ideal. It's an ever-moving goalpost. or so this perfect end state for this campaign or this product or this capability or whatever you're interested in, and then try and reverse engineer the steps until you get to where you are currently, Ooh. which which is what you're doing on an on an emotional and personal development level. There, um, it's kind of it's funny because we talked a couple of weeks ago about um, um, thoughtful execution, which is the opposite direction where you're trying to figure out what you know. You look internally, figure out what problems you have you know, as a company or as an individual and try different things to address them and see where they land you and look backwards and iterate them. It is also useful to try and imagine the perfect end goal and then try and figure out if I was that person or if we had that strategy or that outcome or those, you know, we want to make a million dollars in sales a month or whatever. Um, what could we have done to get to that stage?
1: And I I think the other thing is sometimes um, our goals, I've talked about this before. This is very Socratic. I, I'm, I'm a Socrates guy. The the end goal is happiness, okay? You can have one-year goal, you can have three-year goals, five-year goals, 10-year goals. I encourage you to do all of that. All those goals really should lead to what will make me a happier person. On a one-year level, on a three-year, five-year, 10-year, how will I become happier? What is the happiest Mashi can be? What is the happiest Dennis? What's the happiest you can be? Um, Check in those mindsets and make sure they're making you happy. I had a career, I started off my career as an attorney. Um, And I had all these goals as a large firm. I wanted to make partner. I wanted to do all these things. Um, And I got laid off. You know, I I, I came out of law school in the worst times. Uh, I didn't pass the bar the first time. I had to take it again. Um, I passed the second time. uh, I remember the bar. But all these things happened. And what ended up, what ultimately ended up happening is our firm went into layoffs, very large firm, multi, a global firm went into layoffs in in 07. And I was one of the first two guys, one of the first three attorneys of my class laid off. It happened to me. It was very fortuitous. I had a very, 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 that I mentioned, very generous severance package, which subsequent attorneys not got laid off, did not get. But it was humbling. And at the time, I thought my life was over. I just, I was like, oh my God, I failed. Like, you know, all this stuff happened to me. I look back on everything being a well-paid, very well-paid young attorney, what that was like, what that version of Mashi was like in the course he was on. And I, I don't think this is a sour grapes mentality or a sour grapes thing. I understand now when I get into his mindset, that is not who I wanted to be. And would you
0: trade would you wouldn't trade would you trade places with him now?
1: Not not for Aside the from the aside time. from
0: the the you know being however many years younger. That that's whatever. But
1: I wouldn't even want to be quite that young again. But um I'll take ten years off. I don't want to take fifteen. But um I think that uh, no, not, not at all. It was bringing out a lot of things. The, that industry, unless you're very well-adjusted, I think it can really hurt you, really warp you. Um, the the work-life balance, the zero-sum, we talked about it. You know, a lot of attorneys are zero-sum. Bad mm-hmm. attorneys, good attorneys are win-win. Um, but in that culture, you've got to be zero-sum. Large firms are very zero-sum. Um, and so if I look back and think about his goals and who he would have imagined success to be in three or five years, getting inside his head uh, – It's not where I wanna be. It's not who I wanna be. Then I wouldn't have realized it. Now, if I project myself forward, I can see what's going on in that Mashi's mind a little bit more, because I know myself so much better, and say, you know, I don't think this is where I wanna be. I don't think this is what I wanna be doing. You know, this isn't the life I want. Maybe this isn't the right goal for me. Maybe this isn't the happiest Mashi for me. Um, That's one side. The other side of it is you do that, and we are so drawn when we're goal setting to finding that happy resolution, to finding Mm -hmm. that win, we can often find that what we put on paper as our goal isn't the goal we wanted. Because we get into our future mind state or we think about what it's like to have that thing. We realize, you know, maybe I I don't want that. But maybe what I want is this, something similar, something adjacent or a different form of that. And that has happened to me very, very often, actually. And it's made me change my goals. It's it's like, you know what? Uh, You know, and so every goal, I always say this to myself and I'll say this to you, every goal isn't about achieving something. You know, especially when something like, hey, I want a Porsche. A Porsche, mm-hmm. I've always loved Porsches. Um, it's, I want to be able to buy a Porsche. I want to have the opportunity to
0: achieve Whether that. Whether you want, buy the Porsche or not doesn't matter, right?
1: <laughs> exactly. I want to have the opportunity and the option too. So how about you, Dennis? What about with your goal setting?
0: My goal setting's is I have to wait until next week, Mosh. we are out of time. Oh my God. Two-parter, baby.
1: I blabbered. Well, on that note, Dennis, have a great morning. Have a great evening.